Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 82 of the Social Liability Podcast, the podcast where we discuss those folks in our lives that violate the social contracts that we all agree to live by. I am your host, Araz Grease, with my co-host, The Buck Grundle, bringing you new and interesting stories from the far reaches of the internet. And this is our special, what, Christmas edition episode, Buck? I, I guess we could call it that. I mean, technically, it's, I mean, it's, it's Christmas and around about con- We're recording the day early because, quite frankly, I do not believe I'd be able to break myself away from the, the children and everything tomorrow to, for two hours to record an episode. <laughs> yeah, agreed. And you have, you have folks in for town, too. So, I mean, that's, that's something. So Buck's not alone on Christmas. We're happy for that. Hmm. No, not alone. I got my in-laws here. So happy to have them. And, you know... Either way, man, you know, Christmas just like, no, no recording on Christmas Day. So moving along. Yeah, we got lots of good stuff from across the Internet. And we're ready to dive in and see what kind of social liabilities we have, because I got to I'm so proud of myself. I submitted so many things for Raz to pick from. And ooh, I just can't wait to see where the uh, where the darts landed on the board. Well, our first story comes from uh, WTOP.com as a Stafford County police search for a $100 Hamburglar. I have not read this book, so let's let's dive in. Police in Stafford County, Virginia, uh, uh, announced that a fraud call received, I'm sorry, revealed a hungry Hamburglar made five identical orders from seven for seven Big Macs on someone else's credit card Friday. This is a stretch. The department said they responded at 7.04 p.m. to the McDonald's on Garrisonville Road. The purchases totaled $107.91 made through DoorDash. The fraud caused a grimace for the victim. All right, you know what? That, that gets the button. The suspect, according to police, never came to pick up the notorious number on the McDonald's menu, skipping out on the reported Thousand Island sauce-soaked sandwich. Police said the victim froze his credit card and continued to investigate the charges. Consumers are reminded to monitor their credit cards, bank accounts, and credit reports for fraudulent charges and attempts to open fraudulent accounts. <sighs> Buck, that's... It's a horrible article. Why am I starting out with this horrible horse shit? We're going to rate this one, but we're not rating the guy that stole the money. We're rating the goddamn WTOP. Four... Four, this is trash. This is clickbait trash. I mean, yep. it's, it's it, literally, they wrote this this little snippet just so they could have a couple jokes at Grimace and Hamburglar. This is dumb. Horseshit. Moving on. Yeah. Well, Buck, this one's coming, yep, from, yep. coming from my favorite website, the Tampa Free Press. Yes, the Tampa Free Press. Mm. Some crazy shit. Florida man arrested threatening to bomb a JQC judge. A Florida man (laughs) talking about blowing some shit up instead found himself awaiting a hearing from behind bars. Police say 41-year-old Bu... B-E-A-U. Bu? Is that how you say it? Bo. Bo? Okay. Bo Bloomer was arrested Friday after he threatened to use a bomb to, quote, take himself out at the Judicial Qualification Commission. According to court documents, Bloomer called a judge from the JQC Friday saying, I'm about to do some crazy shit. 
over the possibility of losing custody of his child. Bloomer said over the phone to the judge, I'm, I tried to stay calm because I didn't want to seem there, but they're going to be swab my child without me there. <laughs> what? They weren't going to swab my child. Oh, they're doing a DNA test. That's what it is. According to the report, the judge recalled Bloomer saying, I'll get a bomb. Do you think I'm just going to take myself out or do you think I'm just going to kill myself? Do you think I won't take anyone else out too? I'm telling you, I'm about to do some crazy shit. I'll just take care of this myself, recalled the judge. Bloomer was arrested and charged with false reports of a bomb or weapon of mass destruction and held on a $20,000 bond in the Pinellas County Jail. Because, you know, that's going to help you win your case with the judge. Yeah. Uh, mm, Gross intimidation of the judge. Probably very low on the list of tactics that I would... uh, that I would begin to like dabble with, I guess. I mean, what an idiot! Yeah, the the people. I love watching the the courtroom video where people start threatening the judge, thinking, "Yeah, that's that's gonna work." Now, in a lot of cases, when they do that, they're trying to get a case against the judge so that they can then have the judge recuse himself and get a different judge for the case. That's a lot of times what that is. But in this particular instance, no, this guy actually thought he was gonna intimidate the judge into. Like, ruling his way, I guess. <laughs> this guy's a goddamn fool. Um, I'm going to do right. a four on this one, just because he's threatening lives. So, I'm giving him a four. I can... Uh, I'm going to... I'm not, I'm not going to give this guy a four. I'll stick with a three. I think he's just blowing a bunch of hot air and got stupid and excited and... Unfortunately, the judge was just treating him like a puppy that pissed on the floor. It's just like, bam, smack them on the nose. I mean, so, like, so you in, like in, in, your, in your opinion, do you think somebody who makes a bomb threat threatening to kill other people, they should just go, eh, and, and ignore it? Or do you think they should actually treat it? Because so, this dude may, he's a Florida man. He may have a bomb somewhere. Well, you know, that he's a Florida man can shift that paradigm one of two ways. Either to the extreme, which is what you're saying, or really how I take it in the context that I'm that I'm assuming that this is in, which is he just calls the judge up and is like, "You better do this or else. You better do this or else," and just blowing a bunch of hot air. And the judge is like, "I'm not even going to entertain you." That's, I, I I guess I'm just looking at it from that attitude. Yeah, I you know. You don't fuck around bomb threats, in my opinion. Um, it, it, threatening to kill yourself, whatever, don't care. But if you're threatening to kill other people, yeah, I got a pretty big damn problem with that. I mean, I'll agree with you. I mean, I will, but I... Uh. Sorry, I had to sneeze there. Um, well, We're allowed to disagree, Buck. We're allowed. <laughs> well, no, it's just you know. I think I think you make a valid argument. I just think that in the context, the it's still just a three for me. <laughs> That's perfectly fine. Our next story comes from the IrishTimes dot com. Farting barrister loses harassment claim against colleague who asked him to stop. Okay, before we get into this, a barrister is an attorney. Okay, just go with that. <laughs> 
A senior British barrister who sued the Crown Prosecution Services for, of, for England and Wales after a colleague asked him to stop farting in the room they worked in together has lost his case. Uh, I can't pronounce this dude's first name. His last name's Mohammed. Uh, who sued for harassment told an employment tribunal that his repetitive flatulence was caused by medication for a heart condition. He said the comment from his colleague, Paul McGorry, was embarrassing and violated his dignity. But the panel found it was reasonable for McGorry to ask him to stop. The prosecutor, who had a heart condition in 2014, also alleged that he was discriminated against for his disability and made a number of further allegations against colleagues and bosses. He claimed that they threw away his water bottles, asked him to work one day a week nearly 100 kilometers away, and failed to pay for his barrister's practicing certificate while he was on sick leave. The claims of disability-related discrimination were also thrown out by their panel, chaired by the employment judge Emma Hawksworth, in Reading, near London. The prosecution said they did not treat Mohammed unfairly, but do not... but by not allowing him to work from home two days a week and leave work at 4 p.m. due to him uh, managing his condition and by removing him from court duties, meaning he will receive compensation. His cart condition meant he had to take daily medication, whose side effects meant he had to remain at home for several hours after taking it. In 2016, he began sharing an office with McGorry, where the issue of the persistent flatulence was raised. Mr. McGorry was aware the claimant had a heart condition, but was not aware that the medication uh, that the claimant was taking for that flatulence was a side effect. Uh, there was also reported incidents of flatulence in the quiet room. On one occasion, Mr. McGorry asked, Do you have to do that? <laughs> Muhammad, Jesus Christ. This is a big article for a fart. Muhammad said it was due to his medication, and when he asked if he could step outside to do it, he said he could not. In February of 2016, he was moved to another team that meant he did not have to attend court and was asked to work one day a week in Brighton, more than one hour's drive from Guilford, where he had normally based. He launched a grievance which <laughs> concluded that the prosecution service would make allowances for him and went on sick leave. Uh, his employment was terminated in April of 2020. The tri tribunal threw out Mojave's claim of disability-related harassment and victimization. Many of the incidents which uh, he complained about were unrelated to his disability or were caused or aggravated by him overreacting. Of the flatulence, the tribunal commented, Mr. McGorry's question to Mr. Muhammad was not asked for the purpose of violating his dignity or creating such an environment. It was not unreasonable to ask <laughs> when we had reported incidents of flatulence in a small office. This guy tried to go to court saying, they told me not to fart in his office. I just, again, I'd just love to be a fly on the wall. No, you wouldn't. It'd stink in there, apparently, because the dude's farting all the time. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> okay, so who are we? I, I don't even... I don't even I like I don't even know here, man. I don't even know here. Because you know, if we score the guy who's making the complaint, then uh, like what kind of people do this? Well, I'm handicapped myself. I kind of reserve the right to kind of like chime in here, you know. No, I don't. I still don't really fully understand what the fuck the problem was. Guy farts a lot. The dude got and... shit can from his job for being a whiny bitch. And then yeah. decide to find a reason to sue. It's like fucking 
assholes that work in law enforcement is looking into grieve for anything. We know this because we both worked in and we're a member of a, of a, of a law enforcement union. And they uh, grieve for fucking everything. And that's why this feels so disgustingly familiar. Well, I just got employment this, like, laws are, are very different in England as they are here. Um, you can't fire somebody. There is no um, right to work clauses anywhere. There is literally you cannot fire somebody without a reason, or it goes before an employment tribunal. Once you hire somebody and they get through their little period or whatever, that's it. They're yours until they do something to violate the rules. Or you make them redundant, and then in which case you still have to pay them for a period. Mm. It's just... This guy... He's really... He's really making it hard for people to accommodate him, is basically what is... Is what everything sounds like. It's like, okay... It's like, okay, if this is a side effect of your medication, I get it, but why can't you get up and leave to do it? Well, and, and, you know? and here's the thing, Buck. Um, so, so, some uh, disabilities are not visible. You, for example, have a very visible disability. You're in a motorized wheelchair that weighs more than some people's cars. Uh, that may not be totally accurate, but you have a big-ass goddamn wheelchair. Um, yeah, I, I I roll at about six hundred pounds. Yeah. Um, now I have several disabilities that fall under the Americans with Disabilities Act, and I do have some workplace accommodations. And I felt like shit asking for them. I did. I really did. Um, my 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 last job, I had to ask for an accommodation, and um, luckily my boss was like cool no problem I came to this job and I had gotten to the point where I was like fuck it I'm, I'm walking in the door with my paperwork this is it and uh, it, you can't just because someone looks normal to you or looks fine or okay uh, doesn't mean they don't have a disability it uh, doesn't mean they aren't afforded some amount of protection because of that disability and a lot of people that do have disabilities try very hard to not make them visible they don't be treated differently i'm sure buck gets treated very differently than i do in public very much so i can guarantee it i do so it's laughable <laughs> no it's not to say that I, mine, but, mine are on par bucks because they're not <laughs> but you know when you're people like this are the ones that make that difficult for people like me because this motherfucker he know nobody wants to hear your ass horn, okay, dude? Just get up and go to the bathroom. You, right. You jackass. <laughs> That's and see, you know, I'll I'll kind of expound on on a little bit of what you said, man. Like being on par isn't even like like truth or not, you know, your disabilities versus mine. Their yours are only not on par com, in a physically comparative way. Like there, there are things that you struggle with that don't even exist in my fucking radar. That they, they just don't. Like they're challenges that don't even exist to me. So, like any disability that that I have physically, 
like in the arena where where you are disabled you know i'm i'm actually the one who's on par versus you you know when it when it comes to certain things so people have to factor that in as well it's like you know i may have a problem with walking but now i don't fucking have to you know you know you 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 find ways to accommodate adapt and overcome and you the suffering part of the of the disability is is my cross to bear you know all of my suffering and pain and everything is mine it's it's not fair for me to make others suffer with it as well so this dude should have just got the fuck up and went like, yeah, we all get it. You're suffering. If it happens from time to time, we get it. But if you're just going to constantly sit around and fucking shit in my office because you're too lazy to get up and then whatever, yeah, no. I, I, I'm going to give this guy a three. I'm going to back that three pretty vehemently. So, yeah, three three for Mr. Muhammad, you stank-ass asshole. This next story comes from AL.com. It's an Alabama thing. I've actually read this one, Buck, and um, I have some thoughts about it. But I'm going to read the whole thing before I get into him. Uh, man stopped wife from driving drunk. Police charge him when she died walking home. Uh, Jason Todd walked in. And let me, let me say Jason Todd, really? It made me actually think this wasn't a real one. But it is. Jason Todd walked into Friends Steakhouse in Clayton, where his band was playing the final set one summer night three years ago. Tanya Anderson, his wife, stood outside in the parking lot, drunk, demanding to drive herself home. Todd told her she could not drive and he would take her home shortly after he paid his tab. I'm not mad at you, he repeated belligerently. She threatened to leave. Fine, walk home, Todd said, believing that she would not. Anderson began walking as spelled out in court records and police reports and did not make it far before being struck and killed by an oncoming vehicle. I loved my wife. I still do and always will. Todd, 42, told investigators when they accused him of causing his wife's death. In an unusual turn, local police often charge, charge Todd with manslaughter for the death of Anderson, 35. His alleged crime? Throwing his keys, his wife's keys across the road, sending her on a precarious, deadly search. Todd repeatedly denied throwing his wife's keys, and there was no evidence that he did, the court later ruled. Todd is now suing the police officer, David Hicks, whose investigation led to manslaughter charges in federal court. He is also suing the restaurant and the driver in the state court for his wife's death. In uh, overcast August evening in 2018, when Anderson took off walking in a multi-lane highway in front of the restaurant, she stopped and paced back and forth across the northbound shoulder of Highway 31, holding the flashlight from her phone as if looking for something, according to an investigative report by Clayton Police Department. Anderson was wearing dark clothing and the road was dimly lit. It was around midnight when a 2007 Dodge Charger struck her and drove on, according to the report. Out of concern for his wife, Todd decided the band would not play their last set. He did not know his wife was actu had actually left. He was devastated beyond words when he found out. Rachel Taft, Todd's attorney, who represented him in 2019 on the manslaughter charges in Anderson's death. In the days after the tragedy, local police interrogated Todd, who, according to the lawsuit, initially believed he was being called to help identify the driver who hit his wife. Instead, Todd learned that he was the target of the investigation. He continuously berated and screamed at by two different officers or detectives interrogate him, trying to guilt him into confessing to something that he did not do. He said it would not have been physically possible for Todd to throw Anderson's keys the distance for which they were ultimately found by police. 
according to Todd's suit against Officer Hicks, the traffic homicide investor for the Clayton Police Department. Security footage from the parking lot showed Todd and his wife searching for something in her car for something and turning simultaneously away from one another before Todd returned to the bar. At no point does the footage show Todd throwing Anderson's keys, according to the suit. Hicks, at the hearing, uh, testified that the surveillance video did not show Todd throwing the keys. I can't say directly or conclusively if it was a throwing motion, Hicks said in court, according to the lawsuit. I know I said I'd wait to the end, but when they say it like that, that means uh, I made that shit up and uh, I don't know what to say here. Just so you know. Defendants knew or should have known that the probable cause was lacking when the case was forwarded to the grand jury for uh, Defendant Hicks' recommendation. According to the lawsuit, in a two-hour video of his interrogation by local police, Todd was forced to look at post-accident images of Anderson's mutilated body while investigators accused him of causing her death. We're telling you what happened. You got mad and threw those keys. An investigator said to Todd, who was bereft according to Todd's lawsuit. The weight of those keys being thrown is sitting on your shoulders. That's why you can't sleep at night. It's eating you alive. The Clayton Police Department did not respond to multiple calls and online messages. The U.S. Court Judge R.S. I'm sorry, R. Austin uh, Huffaker Jr. in April dismissed another officer and the city of Clayton as defendants in the lawsuit, leaving Hicks as the only remaining defendant in the case. The judge also dismissed all counts in the lawsuit, except for one for malicious prosecution against Hicks. Uh, Jury selection uh, on the trial in Todd's lawsuit against Hicks is set for February 27th, 2023. Dear God, the wheels of justice are slow. Hicks and his attorneys did not respond to multiple requests uh, by AL.com for comment on the story. But Hicks filed an answer in June denying the claims in the federal lawsuit against him, saying in his answer that he is seeking different forms of immunity, including forms of police, I'm sorry, of peace officer immunity. Hicks also denied violating any of Todd's constitutional rights and stated that the probable cause supported the arrest. Each and every action taken by the defendant, Hicks, uh, was taken with good faith be- belief that it was legal and lawful at the time, so taken. That's where qualified immunity comes in. Hicks' attorney argued that uh, the county's uh, grand jury decision to indict Todd negated Hicks' alleged responsibility and broke the change causation for any alleged actions or omissions of the defendant. Okay. And this literally goes on for several more paragraphs. But let's just talk about because it, it, it goes into what qualified immunity is, which we've gone into multiple times on this show. Um, so this dude, he's playing a gig at the bar. His wife gets blitzed. She's outside wanting to drive home. He tells her, no, I'm not going to let you drive home. I will take you home in just a few minutes. Let me hit the tab and we'll, we'll go. And she kept arguing. He said, fine, walk home. And who, who has not had that argument where you get so mad at somebody and you're out together and you say, fine, walk. Or fine, I'm walking. Who has not had that argument? Right, and who has not even been witness to it? Exactly. I mean, anybody who's... Like, not only have we all had that argument with somebody, we've all seen people have that argument. Like, we've all wished we've had cameras for arguments just like that. But here we go, and uh, she actually decided she was going to walk home. He didn't even know. He didn't even know she left. And she got hit by a car. 
and killed her. Uh, and the police response was, well, her husband must have thrown her keys because she was seen walking back and forth looking for something. But there's video of her in him in the parking lot. There's video of her out on the roadway looking for something. But there's no video of him throwing the fucking keys. And then let's just, let's just, let's just be real about this for a minute. Even if he did. Even if he did. He's preventing someone who is intoxicated from driving on the roadway in a vehicle while drunk. I hate to say it like this, man, but while drunk without a car, she ended up killing herself. Imagine what would have happened if she had gotten into a car. And you're right, that does sound horrible when you say it out loud, but it's it's reality. But this man just lost his wife, killed in a horrific accident, because he was you know, pursuing this hobby or dream, whatever it was, of playing at a, in a band. So he's going to be blaming himself no matter what. And then you've got this, this police department who thinks, hey, this is a great idea. You know, let's let's charge this guy. Let alone the hit and run driver that killed her. So who are we rating on this? Um I'm rating the motherfucking police department because they sat there and put him down in a room and showed this man pictures of the scene of his wife's dead body trying to force a confession out of him. After all this has happened and he's done nothing wrong. Nothing. And you know what? You know, and, and they, 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 like, no, they can't do, like, that is just, that isn't just wrong. That's fucking cruel. That is just fucking cruel. I'm sorry, man. Like, that's, that's, I'm rating the police department. I'm giving them a four. Well, before we go to commercial, because we're going to go to commercial as soon as I say this. Let me just say this. It is asinine. Completely asinine. That you would do this to a person. Who just lost the person that they are supposed to be spending the rest of their life with. That person's now dead. He's already blaming himself. And you do this and you put them in that situation. Because you're in some misguided thought process that you're going to get justice when you're, you haven't even caught the person who killed her and you were going to sit there and you're going to try to blame her husband who did nothing but try to save her fuck you this is why people hate police and I'm telling you this as a former law enforcement officer this is why fuck you Anything else, Buck? They get a five. No, nothing else for me, man. We can go ahead to commercial. We're doing that. Okay, we're at commercial now. Um, I'm going to hit record to go into uh, (laughs) the second half after I take a drink. (laughs) Wow, man. What? (laughs) That, that... That really, that, that, that's really fucked up. 
like that is just that is just fucked up like that i normally don't get tickled by something like that that bad man but this thing that that just rubs me in every single that is all sorts of emotional bad touching yeah okay and we're back for the second half of the show folks hopefully a more light-hearted version of the show because <laughs> um yeah that that second the first half got kind of weird but let's go right into it buck with the northwich guardian you keep giving me these uk ones i don't know why a woman has been jailed after she admitted to having cocaine fueled sex with a dog and possessing images of a disturbing incident that's I mean, definitely gets my click to want to view what this is. <laughs> yep. Cocaine-fueled sex with anything gets a click from me. And I got, a dog? And I got, that makes it right to the... Woo. And I got to tell you, there's, there's the, 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 the thumbnail for this is a mugshot. And um, if this individual was born a woman, I will be shocked. <laughs> I'm going to say it that way uh, because but now that I'm actually looking at the image on the computer as opposed to the phone there's a mustache <laughs> just saying Claire Goodyear of Spencer Street in Northwich was described as manipulative and deceitful by a probation officer Judge Stephen Everett called her behavior in taking part in the act with other adults as despicable, disgusting, and depraved as he jailed her for 20 months. This 60-year-old has twice been convicted of possessing images of children back in 2006 and 2009, with a judge admitting she had been astonishingly lucky to avoid spells behind bars for receiving suspended and receiving suspended sentences. Paulinius Barnes uh, prosecutor for the Chester Crown Court on Wednesday, December 22nd, said police had called her, home, called her home on July 19th to carry out a routine check of her being on the sex offender's registry for life. Offenders hey, man. I'm just going to... I just... <laughs> when you said the attorney's name, Polinius Barnes. Polinius Barnes... I really thought that that was going to be the name of the dog. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, I really did. And when you said it was the attorney, I was so disappointed. <laughs> I was like, that would be such a great dog's name. Polinius Barnes. Like, I could say, like, come on, man. And they wasted that name on an attorney. Fair enough. I just, <laughs> I really thought it was going to be the dog's name. I was so excited. And I was like, attorney? Ugh. Well, anyhow, move along, man. Officers took a laptop which contained evidence Goodyear had searched the internet for bestiality content, and when a full analysis of the equipment was finally completed some two years later, it emerged hidden folders containing 31 indecent images of Goodyear taking part in a sex act with an Alaskan with an Alsatian breed of dog. Doesn't matter. Mr. Barnes said she admitted possession of the images. Uh, she says she had fantasized about it for a number of years, and after take, talking about it with people in Northwich, was put in touch with others in uh, 
I can't pronounce these damn English names, sorry. She traveled down there in December of 2018 and took part in the sex act with other people and the dog. Um, at the time of the arrest on June 17th this year, police also found another pen drive in her handbag containing images and 3.5 grams of cocaine. When she committed the sex acts between 15 and 16 December of 2018, Goodyear had been in breach of a suspended sentence order, which had been imposed in May of that year for failing to adhere to the terms of the sexual harm prevention order. Simon Mills, defending, said his client has always been frank and honest with the probation service, and although accepting the behavior had been depraved and disgusting, called on the judge to consider another suspended sentence. He said the incident took place some three years ago. The picture is now one of sporadic offending. This is not a case where the offender is getting more and more serious. She would do everything asked of her by the court and are tentative signs of improvement in her attitude and approach. Goodyear also failed to comply with the terms of the sexual harm prevention order in November of last year when she was 13 days late contacting the police after being in isolation due to COVID guidelines. Judge Everett told Goodyear that he did not agree with the probation services assigning her uh, assessing her as being a low-risk reoffender, and sent her to prison. He told her, "You are a long, long way from changing your life. You're deceitful. You deceitfully took part in a cocaine-fueled incident with other persons. Since the terrible offense took place, you kept images unashamedly for your own sexual gratification. In the middle of all this, you failed to comply with the terms of an order, which some say is a minor breach, but it is not the first time." Your record is appalling, and it could be said that you were astonishingly lucky never to go to prison previously. A message must go out. If you commit such acts, uh, disgusting behavior, then you must go to prison. Goodyear sobbed in the, uh, in the dock as she was told she would serve 20 months behind bars, which included uh, activation of a four-month sentence she had been in a suspended sentence for when committing the act. So, Wow. <laughs> That's a lot to take there, in. Yeah, man. Whoa. That's a lot wow. to take in. And my, my question still remains. Uh, <laughs> I know in this day and age, it shouldn't be things that bother us. But, you know, when we talk about sex acts with a dog, um, I kind of want to know what kind of plumbing we're dealing with. And I'm sorry. If you just do a quick Google search... I'm sorry, that's a dude. <laughs> I I can't, I just, I will not dance around that fact, Raz. That, that is a very masculine looking character there. And I'm just. There's a goatee, Buck. There's a goatee. It's not as heavy as mine, but there's a goatee. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Going going down this really terrible fucking rabbit hole, I'm just going to start off by giving this person a five. And, uh, and I'll tell you why. Because anything that you do to an animal is just... Animals cannot give or, or not give. or Like, consent is not even existent with, within the realm of animals. Like, it is... It is completely a breach of trust you know between on so many levels and 
you do that and it's cruel and that's a five to me and why are you blaming it on the cocaine like why is it like there are images like several hundred like they've got this person with a with a really good track record of doing some silly and disgusting and just heinous shit and they're gonna blame it on the coke i don't think they're blaming like, it come on the coke because there's there's actually 31 images i believe but um i don't think they're blaming it on the coke i just think that they're saying you're doing cocaine and doing this and you're in probation all of any one of these things would violate your probation but let's just look at the totality of it it's and you've okay, done see, all now of these that, things that i i can dig that 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 i can dig that but yeah if you're just throwing that in as icing on the cake or like just to mix in with the batter then fine but good but either way five five all day long for me you can't do that to animals like leave leave animals out of it that's just fucking cruel i'll co-sign the five and we're going back to the Florida free, free Press, Buck. The Florida Free Press, the one-stop shop for all things social liability. And, of course, we have our second Florida Man story of the day. Florida Man, Florida Man, does whatever the fuck he can. Makes headlines every time. Florida's paradigm. Look out. Here comes Florida Man. Here comes Florida Man as he punches a 16-year-old girl in the face after she cuts him off in his Porsche. A Florida man has been arrested and charged after a 16-year-old girl accidentally cut him off in traffic and the man punched her in the face with a closed fist. According to the Tampa Bay Police Department, 47-year-old Stephen Irvin Saunders IV... Yeah. (laughs) Uh, An investment banker in Tampa was cut off by the 16-year-old girl around 10.30 p.m. on December 16th. Police say Saunders became enraged and followed the teen to an intersection to get in front of her car. While at the intersection, Saunders exited his Porsche and his Porsche and approached the girl yelling, "What the fuck are you doing, you stupid bitch? You cut me off." Police say the girl's window was down and clearly heard the words. Saunders then reached in the girl's car and punched her in the face with a closed fist. According to the police, the teen suffered soreness and bruising on the left side of her jaw. Police also say the teen had been a also had a very youthful appearance. Saunders was charged in the burglary of a conveyance with assault or battery, a felony in Florida. He was also booked into the Hillsborough County Jail and released on a $15,000 bond. Burglary of a conveyance with assault or battery. I don't understand that one, but I'm sure that... I'm sure it, I'm sure it has standing. This doesn't make sense to me, but... You know, different jurisdictions have different laws and different statutes, so I'm sure it fits. But let's go back to the uh, the, the incident at hand. I, I'm going to cut somebody off. I'm going to find a 16-year-old girl who probably, and what they're saying clearly is she even looks younger than that. I'm going to punch her in the face because she cut me off in traffic. Fuck him. Do you, know how so, do you know how sore my fist would be if I punched every person in the mouth that cut me off in traffic? Oh, my gosh. I mean... Whether that kid did it or not, man, like you don't fly off a fucking handle like that and just start punching people. Like, what the fuck, man? Loose can. What do you think we are in the Wild West? Get the fuck out of here, dude. Yeah, this, like, is, no. this is one of those scenarios where, you know, I've always reserved the five for when other people get hurt or killed or 
or something of that nature. Uh, when it, it's very few instances of somebody got an egregious enough uh, to, to to warrant a five for me. And in this one episode, we're gonna have two subjects. I'm giving a five to right out the gate, even though they didn't really kill anybody. Uh, and this one is is gonna be ranked up there because if this guy is willing to do that, to chase somebody down for something that simple and assault them physically, what else does this guy do? Well, and on top of that, not just somebody, but even after the dude flies off the handle and is like, fuck it, I'm, you know, we're thrown down. He gets up to the window, like, you have some time to process between, like, the moment where you decide to punch and then the contact is made, whether or not that's an accurate or good target. And if your, like, mental computer still, like, processes this little kid driving a fucking car as a suitable target for your rage and aggression, then yeah, you do get a five. Because if that's if that's what you believe is that kind of threat in life, I don't want to see where you fucking go if, like, a kid starts crying in your ear on a fucking airplane. Like, what are you going to do to that? Fuck you, man. Fuck him all day long. Well, Buck, I was going to move on to another story, but unfortunately, the content you sent me is behind a paywall, so I can't look at it. So we're going to go on to our final story for the day. <laughs> and this is one that I actually sent in. I sent this one, and that doesn't happen very often. But this comes from Vice.com. School librarian reportedly made third, greeter, third graders reenact the Holocaust. Here we go. A, li- oh. a librarian at a Washington, D.C. elementary school has been placed on leave after allegedly forcing a third grade class to reenact the Holocaust. She also reportedly told them that the genocide happened because, quote, because the Jews ruined Christmas. The principal at Watkins Elementary School in, in southeastern D.C., M. Scott Barrowitz, <laughs> Barrow-Kotwitz, Jew, <laughs> sent an email to parents informing them of the Friday incident. One student, who was reportedly Jewish, was instructed to play the role of Adolf Hitler and told to pretend to commit suicide at the end of the lesson, according to a parent who spoke with the Post. Some students were given the role of genocidal Nazis digging graves for classmates. This included the trains, dining gas chambers, playing Hitler and mass graves, one parent told the local station Fox 5 DC. The librarian reportedly made comments about the Jews ruining Christmas after a student asked why the Nazis carried out the Holocaust. My husband picked up our child after school and there was a lot of sobbing and crying and distress. Uh, The librarian reportedly asked students not to tell anyone about the reenactment, but they told their homeroom teacher, according to the Post. The librarian, who hasn't been named by the school or district, has been placed on leave pending investigation by D.C. public schools. She told Fox D.C. affiliate that somebody was misquoting what happened in the library that day and that she was shocked to see the investigation myself. A school librarian named by the New York Times as the instructor who initiated the lesson did not immediately respond Monday to a message from the social email requesting comment. I want to acknowledge the gravity of the poor instructional decision. A student should never be given a task to act or portray any atrocity, especially genocide, war, or murder, the principal said in the email to parents, which was obtained by the New York Times. It 
In, uh, in no way is this lesson suppo- supported by the school's leadership or DCPS curriculum. Uh, the principal did not immediately reply to an email seeking comment from Vice News. D.C. Public Schools told multiple outlets that it is investigating the matter through a comprehensive alternative resolution and equity team. Sounds like bullshit. Which handles discrimination, bullying, and sexual harassment grievances. Students should never be tasked with acting out any atrocity, especially genocide or war. Uh, Additionally, there are allegations of a staff member using hate speech during the lesson, which is unaccessible and not tolerated in any of our schools. The school's public school agency said in a statement to Fox 5. This was a not an approved lesson. We sincerely apologize to students and family who were subject to this incident. Why is there an investigation? Why isn't this just fuck stick just fired? Yeah. Uh, the union. You're probably right. There probably is a union. I'm, I'm that's what it is. No, that's that's what's holding up the gears here. And you know what? It's not bastardizing unions either. They do a lot of great work. But in this case, this is an abuse of the system. I mean, the the person's obviously been caught with their hand in this really, really fucked up cookie jar. And they're teaching kids about that. Like, not teaching kids about the Holocaust. Having children reenact the Holocaust and just inserting your own hateful, like, bullshit speech. Jews ruin Christmas. What the fuck is that? Uh, insanity, like Buck. Insanity. That's what that is. That is insanity. I mean, and you know what? I, I, I just, uh, I, I'm sorry. I'm gonna have to give this person a five too. Like, this is this is one of those. This is the same, same kind of category as the last person. You're willing to punch a 16 year old in the face. What the fuck else are you willing to do? We got this person over here. They're willing to. T- they're willing to have third graders dig mass graves for each reenact digging mass graves for each other, and you're gonna have a Jewish boy reenact as Adolf fucking Hitler. Like you, you hateful piece of shit. You belong. Like whatever fucking turd you hatched from, I hope you just find your way back there. Here's the here's the, the like the really thing that catches me. And so, I hope I hope others notice this too. Not only did they do it, not only did they think this was a good idea, but they also knew they were doing wrong. Because why the hell else would you look at a kid would and say, tell "Don't tell anybody about this"? And here, and here's the thing: that if you're if you're working around kids, you should know this better than anybody. What's a surefire way to get a kid to tell somebody something? Tell them not to do it. (laughs) Don't tell your mother about this. Mom, I'm not supposed to tell you about this. Insanity. Oh, yeah. Fucking insanity. Oh, yeah. And here's the the whole thing. One of two things is going to happen. Either the school is going to say, uh, we're going to let this blow over and transfer you to a different school. Or they're going to can them. And they're just going to go work somewhere else and nobody will ever be the wiser. Mm. That is just... Disgusting. Disgusting, man. Like, mm. this is the generation that is groomed to replace us, people. 
Don't let individuals like that be alone or teach your children anything. Like, this is one of those times where you have to look at somebody and be like, either they're A, a great example, or B, a disgusting and horrible warning. And I believe that we can classify this particular individual into the latter of the two. Yes, indeedy. That being said, that's going to bring us to an end of episode 82. And we hope that you get some enjoyment out of this. And we hope that you perhaps listen to it on your way to grandma's house on the way to her Christmas dinner. Uh, or something of that nature. It doesn't matter. Listen to it whenever you want. Listen to it when you're in a can for all I care. Just listen. Uh, <laughs> uh, that being said, folks, this I'm the Razgrees with my co-host, the Brock Grendel, wishing you all a safe and happy Christmas.